Please follow us on Instagram at Masband Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. So yeah, welcome to the process of creating. Um, if you could please just tell you tell a little bit about yourself to the listeners. What do you do? Let's get the ball rolling. <laughs> sure. Um, my name is Karen Fumielen, and I do a few things. I'm an illustrator, a book cover designer, and a teacher in Cape Town. Um, yeah, and I just I love being creative. Anything I tend to take on too many different projects and yeah. get overwhelmed because <laughs> I just love anything shiny and new and creative and fun. Yeah, oh, I feel like you and me have probably got that in common. I've got so many <laughs> things I've started, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> the list is growing, and every day I'm starting something else. <laughs> I think a lot of creatives have the same problem. We're good with coming up with lots of ideas, and we struggle with the follow through. The follow through, exactly. Um, so before we get um, all the important questions um, uh, out, if you could be immortal, what age would you choose to stop aging, and why? Um, so I'm turning forty-one in a month's time, exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> So firstly, I'd want to go back in time to when I was 27 and then stop aging then. Yeah. Yeah, I think 27 is like a great time to stop aging because, you know, you're like a fully grown woman, but uh-huh. um, everything's still perky and wrinkle free. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I love that. Oh, gravity is like our worst enemy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So, Karen, do you think that your um, version of creativity um, is you putting your heart and soul into whatever it is that you're doing or creating? Or are you more the creative that's um, a little more free flow um, and then you kind of just wait for the result and that's the authentic version? of your creation rather than planning it to the last degree <laughs> um i'd say for me it's a little bit of both um i tend to do quite a bit of research most of the time i do quite a bit of research so that by the time i actually sit down to draw which is most of my work is illustration based uh-huh so by the time I sit down to illustrate, I have a lot of references, I have a lot of ideas, and I've got a pretty clear vision in my head of what I want it to look like. Yeah. But then I always leave room for chance and for things to organically kind of change and flow as I go. Like, I don't think it should be too restricted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then it also depends. I mean, obviously with client work, you're a bit more restricted because there's someone on the other side waiting for an end result and they also have something in mind. Mm-hmm. But then with my own projects, I tend to be more free flowing because there's no brief and no client and I can just kind of do whatever I feel pulled to in the moment. Yeah. So definitely a bit of both for me. A bit of both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's speak a little bit about your different... Um, angle so you said you teach illustration yeah are an illustrator um so what how do you what's the first step in the project in your teaching in what what's the first thing that karen does in her process of creating 
Um, so the first thing I would say is I've come up with an idea. So whether it's for an illustration class or mm -hmm. a project, um, yeah, I always start with an idea of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then I'm a bit of a nerd, um, which is good because mm -hmm. I really enjoy researching, which other people might find a bit boring and soul destroying. I quite enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, I often have to like cut myself off because I'd easily spend a day just like researching and yeah. looking at stuff and making notes. Um, yeah, and then at some point, of course, you have to like stop doing that and actually start creating the class or the piece of work or whatever it is. Uh huh. Okay. Um, did you always want to be the creative that you are today, or is it something that kind of happened? by surprise and you were like oh wait I'm actually pretty good at this I might just carry on <laughs> so when I finished high school I had this idea in my head that I wanted to be an artist right and my parents being very practical people kind of said okay that's lovely honey but how are you going to make a living <laughs> um and oh, they kind of yeah um, well they were concerned because they were the ones who had to pay for my studies so mm -hmm. fair enough um, yeah, so they kind of steered me into something more practical. So I always knew I wanted to be creative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when I finished school, I was thinking, okay, what can I do that's creative, but that I can earn a living from? Mm -hmm. uh, I actually went into advertising and I'd been an art director in advertising for a very long time. Um, and then I went freelance mm -hmm. and only recently did I actually um, change over to being a full-time illustrator so for a long time I did both because I've always loved illustration but the thing is that back when I started out 20 years ago having a career as an illustrator wasn't really a thing where mm -hmm. I live in South Africa mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was something people did as a hobby or as a side hustle but mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone who made a career out of just doing illustration mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's been a, it was a side hustle for a long time. Yeah, and um, then over the past like five years or so, it kind of started taking up more of my time, and in a good way. Yeah. And I started kind of seeing that this is possible to make a career out of doing this thing that I love. Yeah, and so I kind of started doing more and more illustration and less advertising, mm -hmm. and full time illustration. Okay, it's, it's kind of been a a bit of an organic process through the years yeah oh that's beautiful um so do you have in like your main inspirations for your style um you said that you've it's a, been a 20-year um journey to yeah. just illustrate that you are today um what through your advertising and just through the years have you had like key influences influences is that is that the word listen i'm an artist i'm not i'm not you know a, a literally literal genius so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no don't worry i make up words all the time <laughs> i think you know that's the way we should do it because sometimes a word that you know doesn't really come out but a different word comes out and everybody understands what you're trying to say so that's, yeah, how, that's, that's how i operate <laughs> That's how our language evolves and grows. So, you know, otherwise we'd still be speaking Shakespearean English. So, um, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> people like us to make up words. Exactly. So, how, how has thy been influenced? That you <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've 
been influenced through a lot of stuff um, throughout my career and life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of started off doing quite realistic illustration because, again, I think like when I was in high school, that was kind of mm-hmm. most of what was taught and what was expected. But even so, even like my high school art, it was realistic, but, you know, like people would have like blue hair instead of brown hair. There was always mm-hmm. some sort of magical element to it. Mm-hmm. So I think I kind of knew early on that I'm not one for realism. <laughs> <laughs> and then through the years, I've discovered artists. So one of the first illustrators I discovered who I think influenced me quite a lot is a woman called Helen Dardick. Okay. And um, yeah, my style is kind of similar to hers, that it's very simplified and decorative and whimsical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she was doing that like, I think, 15 years or more ago. Yeah. So I kind of discovered her early on. And then through the years, you know, I'm always on Pinterest and Instagram mm-hmm. and always collecting sort of inspiring artists, um, yeah. looking at, at different artist interpretation of of work um yeah yeah um i know my question that i sent you said how do you define creativity but um as you're a teacher i'm actually quite excited about this because I, I wanted to speak to a creative teacher um how would you define create the creative process i remember when i was in college in uni they had a whole module dedicated to the creative process so how would you um, how do you define it? How do you um, pass on your knowledge of the creative process to your students? And is it really important to have a definition to creativity and the process of creating? Um, wow, that's an interesting question. I don't know how important it is to have a definition of creativity. Mm-hmm. I think with a question like that, that kind of starts tapping into the question of creative confidence, which is something I'm also very passionate about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people feel like they kind of need some sort of license to be creative. Mm -hmm, And definitely in the the way I teach is I'd like to encourage anyone to to try it out and to find their own way of expressing themselves, to find their own voice. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm very careful about when I teach. I don't want to create a little army of current familiar illustrators. (laughs) 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 Although that would also be kind of cool. But so the way I do it is I kind of give people uh, um, a sort of a structure to work with. So I kind of talk them through a basic process, Uh but I really encourage people to make it their own and to find what works for them and to try different things. But I think we can learn a lot from looking at how other artists work. Mm -hmm. But again, what I always encourage my students to do and what I myself do is to not become too fixated on any one artist but to look at a range of people, because I think it's just human nature to start um, copying um, what you see. Mm-hmm. Like when people pick up accents when they live in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's dangerous to get too fixated on one idea and mm-hmm. think you have to adhere to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's far better to open yourself up to a range of influences and then take the little pieces that work for you and mm-hmm. just start the rest. Yeah, nice. Oh. Yeah, but I'd love to see your module on this because that's such an interesting thing to have a whole module on creative process. Yeah, 
Um, I've always been very intrigued ever since for the, from the first day I got taught the the words creative process and how um, you were encouraged to have a process and always use that process throughout your um, your creation so your module or your your um, university career one should say and mm. for me it it really it didn't compute <laughs> because yeah. my creative process I came to find out isn't one of constantly putting it down um that for me then kind of because I forget sometimes I forget like, I could literally have the google page open and I'll forget why I went to go look for that certain artist why I was what so then having all this research and then coming together to try and put let's say um a color scheme or a collection together I'm like wow so then you have to go back and you're like but I don't feel that anymore so for me it was very it made it it, it took the organic um elements out for me so yeah very, yeah I totally get that because it's interesting to me that they would teach something like that because I think so much of creativity is organic and free-flowing because for me the very nature of coming up with ideas and being creative is seeing links between things where that maybe like a link isn't obvious you know like making these connections between different things and for that you need kind of a free-flowing way of thinking um so i think structure is good but it shouldn't be you shouldn't be like too married to that it should be it should serve you not hinder you mm. yeah i think i feel like you know it works for some people and usually if you grasp it like you said you can you can there's elements of it that have aided me but outside of my creativity so i do have structure but it's it's a structure that is not as rigid and that's because of the tools i learned from learning about the creative process and everything else but when it actually comes to me creating items i'm like <laughs> yeah this process isn't working for me so i guess it's a, it's a it's a case of you find what works for you and you run with it type situation exactly um, like i always say when i teach i tell people that um they mustn't take what i say as sort of a hard command mm-hmm. uh, some people want that they kind of get a bit annoyed with me if i don't tell them do this do this do this yeah <laughs> but yeah i don't like i said i want to just create a little army of people who are thinking exactly the same way i do mm-hmm. um, so for me it's more about teaching sort of new structures and then people need to figure out for themselves what works for them and what doesn't what doesn't yeah so would you say your creative style reflects your personal style are you and is the creative and the person one being or are you two separate beings For me it's very much one being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think my artwork is quite um sort of quirky and and fun and lighthearted and happy. Mm-hmm. And um not that I don't have a dark side. <laughs> the funny thing is actually that while I'm creating these like fun happy drawings, I often listen to true crime podcasts. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh. So I mean I do have a dark side but I definitely feel that if you look at my art and you meet me you'll be like yeah that's the same person. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean that. I even had a friend of mine she sent me I designed this book cover 
Mm-hmm. And she saw it in a shop and she sent a photo to me and she was like, did you do this? And I was like, yes, how did you know? And she's like, no, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. I love that. I love, it. I love yeah. it when, you know, you can. I also love it when you can't tell. You meet the person and they're total like dark, anonymous person, but their work is so bright. And it's just like, where, where is that person? Bring them out. Like, yeah. yeah. Would you ever put your dark side, so your true crime loving aside into your art or is that like is that just too much no i might i think even if i do it will probably still have a little uh, glimmer of humor i don't think i'm completely dark (laughs) but (laughs) yeah i do also write and i've actually written a short story that's quite dark and i shared it with a friend and she actually said oh it's really cool and i should illustrate it yeah um, yeah, so I might do that sometime in the future, but I don't have anything like that on the horizon right now. Yeah. Um, like I said at the moment, I already have too many tabs open in my brain and too many things going on. <laughs> but I'm not opposed to the idea of letting my dark side out more in my illustration work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, does location really matter to your creative? Do you need to have a, an, an environment that is good for your creation or can you work in any environment um does yeah does location matter to you um to me definitely um i need like a i'm actually very pedantic about it mm-hmm. i need like a very pretty sort of you know my desk looks out over we've got a little courtyard with plants that the mm-hmm. cat likes playing yeah and my desk um overlooks it yeah. and it's always been very important for me to work in a nice environment and I really find that um, when I don't have that that little setup that I'm happy in mm-hmm. I struggle yeah yeah, yeah. Um, are you reading or watching anything interesting I know like it's quarantine and you guys are kind of coming out of it now um, yeah we've, we've finally things are opening up a bit um, but it's so weird because you'd think I'd be watching a lot of TV yeah quarantine but i've actually watched very little over the last few months yeah i watched like one movie that i can't even remember what it was <laughs> and <laughs> and i watched unorthodox on netflix which i absolutely loved mm-hmm. but other than that i really haven't been in the headspace to watch tv for some mm-hmm. reason yeah um i have been doing a bit of reading but also not much um yeah. Yeah, I think like for some reason, I think maybe because there's so much going on in the world at the moment. Yeah. And even in my own life, like I've moved and, you know, I'm always so busy with my business. And before the lockdown, I was teaching in person and then obviously with the lockdown, I had to pivot and change. Mm -hmm. So I've been quite busy with my my work and um, just a lot going on. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I'm actually so out of headspace and it's been winter here, so we've just been making fires and sitting in front of the fires mm-hmm. in front of fire snacks and talking nonsense. So that's kind of been my my free time. Yeah, I love that. Talking nonsense and eating snacks is like it's a slippery slope for the waste, but it's brilliant at the same time. <laughs> oh, you know, lockdown has not been kind to my um, <laughs> no. to my, my body and fitness goals, but. Um, no, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Um, so your content is very, like you said, it's very whimsical. It's very magical. Um, how how do you edit it for Instagram for a platform like Instagram? 
um, and still get the same message and the same vibe out? Well, for me, it's really easy because I work digitally and mm-hmm. so I work on an iPad with an Apple Pencil and I draw on Procreate, which is mm-hmm. an illustration app. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to like that square format really works well. So for me, it's super easy. There's no editing involved. When it comes to my illustration, I just kind of export it as a JPEG and post it on Instagram. Yeah. No filters, no editing, nothing. Nothing. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that's easy and then i mean occasionally i I post some cat photos yeah my cat is so beautiful he doesn't need filters no no oh i'm a dog person (laughs) myself but i do appreciate a good cat meme i do appreciate it i'm actually a dog person who ended up with a cat nice I feel like a lot of people just wind up with a cat and it's just like, oh, how did you wind up in my life? But don't leave me ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I love it so much. Um, so do you prefer you go um, digital or like, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't very digital. It was pen and paper, mm. um, ink and very like, you know, hands on. So how, how, how was that transition into digital was it easy was it you know a bit of a i don't know i don't know i'm i'm proud because me and technology no 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 oh really technology oh, no. tells me <laughs> i have i must say do you have a little bit of a love hate relationship with technology mm. so for instance now i do most of my client work or pretty much i think all of my client work um digitally mm-hmm. like on, on my ipad and i love it mm-hmm. I must say when I first bought my iPad I bought it and then there was like three months when I didn't touch it (laughs) because I just felt so intimidated and overwhelmed Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had such guilt because I spent all this money and I wasn't using it so that's actually the end what got me to pick it to pick it up and really try and and learn how to use it Uh so yeah it's been a bit love hate but at the same time it's also been quite organic because um I kind of from the beginning, I mean, I did purely traditional work, uh-huh. but then also when I started doing more client work, um, I would do things by hand traditionally and then scan it in to edit it in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I've kind of like transitioned. So I went from traditional to a mix between traditional and digital and now more purely digital. Yeah. Although I do still do traditional as well. But that's kind of all for fun. And in my teaching, in my workshops, I do a lot of traditional because obviously not everyone um, wants to learn digital and not everyone has an iPad. Yeah. Um, So yeah, teaching more traditional, but for client work, I I love digital. It's just in terms of editing and making changes for clients. It's so much easier. It saves so much time. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, nice. If you could just start doing tutorials on YouTube, I would definitely subscribe. I I used to love my illustration class. I did fashion at uni and my illustration class was my one of my favorites. I used to like it when we used to be on the stands and actually doing hands-on work. When we now had to implement digital, I was looking at them like, what are y'all trying to do to me? Like <laughs> me and Photoshop and Adobe Suite. Like, geez, we they, I just about got a hand of Photoshop, right? Then they added, what was it, InDesign? 
illustrator and I, yeah, mortal enemies. But you know, yeah. one day, I don't know why, because technically I'm the like millennial, so I should really know how it works. But I think I'm the like the straggler, like I'm the one that like you know still speaks <laughs> like an like an like an ape because you're. <laughs> but I know what you mean because it does feel like you just wrap your your head around one thing and mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, no now you need to learn something new. <laughs> <laughs> but I just learned this other thing. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's what's happening with social media as well now. Like we just all got a hand on like you know posting stories, posting a picture algorithm whatever that means and then they add a new element and you're like wait what's this why like why am i now doing what tiktok what, what's tiktok wait wait yeah. real? i was like you know what i'm stopping when where i know and i'm gonna master what i know like yeah <laughs> no exactly i haven't touched tiktok it's like i don't want to know about tiktok like i can't i can barely keep up with with instagram and facebook you know twitter is lost on me i'm on twitter but i'm not really on twitter mm. so i don't add anything else to my plate <laughs> it's like nah, no 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 um you spoke about how you've done illustrations for um book covers how is have you done any other collaborations um how how do you you know navigate them without stepping on toes and do you have any like um advice for up and coming illustrators who are looking to illustrate books what's easier what's not easy yeah collaborations are an interesting one um and I find that it's so complex, so much goes into it. The ideal would be to find someone who you can work really well with mm-hmm. and who you can communicate with and you have um, similar ideas of what you want the outcome to be. Mm-hmm. But obviously it's not always that easy to find these people and to um, <laughs> work with these people. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we still have to make a living. So when it comes to our client work, um, or like my commission work, you know, you have to you have to try and um, and communicate with someone who might not be a creative and who mm-hmm. might not understand where you're coming from, and you might not understand what where they're coming from. So mm-hmm. then that can be quite quite tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the best collaborations are for me the ones where you um, have an idea and you reach out to someone and they're keen um, or someone else has an idea and they reach out to you and you're like yes this is exactly what i want to do mm-hmm. so i think the advice i would give is to if you can afford to i mean i know we have to pay rent and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to just take on whatever might pay the bills mm-hmm. Um, but if you are in the position to pick and choose, I wouldn't be afraid to say no. I think often creatives, um, if you're freelance or working for yourself, you get like the fear and the panic and you feel like you have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way and every client that comes your way. Yeah. But I've learned in my experience that sometimes it's better to, to say no either from the get-go, if it's something that you feel doesn't resonate with you, mm-hmm. or even if you start working with someone and halfway through you think like, you know what, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to walk, walk away. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of the coin is that when you find those clients or those people who you collaborate with and you work well with, then you, know, you treat them like gold and you hold them close to your heart and you never let them go. Yeah. 
yeah always always have them on your side they're they're your robin to your batman yeah yeah <laughs> i've got lovely clients who i've been doing work for for years mm-hmm. and you know i'll jump through hoops for them because i just want them to stick around and keep giving me great projects mm-hmm. and yeah the people who are lovely to work with you just go the extra mile for yeah yeah that's true <laughs> um mental wellness as a creative is one thing i take very seriously um how do you does your work help you like stay sane um <laughs> and what do you do to relax um other than you know illustrate or create and eating snacks in front of the fire fire <laughs> um yeah mental health is so important um I do struggle with depression and anxiety which I guess is also something you wouldn't know looking at my work which is always bright and happy and colorful. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm very careful to look after that um and you know talk to my therapist and take my meds and mm-hmm. <laughs> go for walks and hug my cat when things get a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important to to do those things because when you're burnt out and like getting anxious or getting into like a negative thought spiral you can't be creative and you can't do your best work Mm-mm. um so sometimes the best thing to do is to just take a day off and like go for a walk on the beach or go meet friends do whatever mm-hmm. you need to do to get into the right headspace so that when you go back to your desk you're ready to create and you're in a happy happy mindset yeah happy mindset happy work Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, like talking to my friends are very therapeutic. Um mm-hmm. playing with my cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, going for walks, going out into nature, that yeah. sort of mm. That's 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 how you you kind of distress. Nice. Yeah. Um do you have like one rookie mistake that you did early on that you now with the beauty and the gift of hindsight you're like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh one thought that haunts me. Yeah. Um, when I was very young and I was just starting out, I did these designs for a greeting card company. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about um pricing or licensing or royalties. Mm-hmm. I kind of sold these designs for quite cheap. Mm-hmm. And it's now gosh, like 15 years later. Mhm. and these cards are in shops everywhere all over South Africa and I don't get any royalty or commissions on them and it kills me oh my chest <laughs> i know oh. and it was just my own stupidity that i didn't know so i didn't have a contract at nothing yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i mean i guess that's one thing that i feel like needs to be taught or even just told to creators is that you need to know your rights as a creative and be aware that people will exploit you a little bit yeah and, yeah and if if a um business if an insurance company has a lawyer to or insurance to insure their insurance company you as an artist need to have insurance and you need to have some kind of legal backing for your own work because yeah people do take take the mic a little bit yeah 
And um, yeah, it's shocking to me that that's not something that gets taught. Like we, we didn't get taught about anything like that in, in mm-hmm. college. And even now when I speak to other freelancers, I'm shocked at how people don't know this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is actually like one of the things. I've also started teaching a little bit of creative entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then that's something I always, I always teach people like how to price what their rights are to not just give their rights away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh. An expensive lesson to learn. <laughs> oh, child. <laughs> but thank you for, for you know taking that on and passing on that knowledge to the next generation because yeah a lot of us have been finessed is the nicest way I can put it yeah but it's also you know I, what I always say to um, other creatives who work for themselves is that when you price too low or you just give your designs away for free mm-hmm. um, you're actually doing the entire industry a disservice because yeah. you're educating clients and you know if one illustrator sells a, a design for a cheap price and don't ask for royalties mm-hmm. then that becomes the expectation mm-hmm. so we kind of need to work together to educate and to change the industry mm, 100% 100% we I do I I love it when I read like um, books on artists and um, creatives from the past and I find out that they were all part of a collective and they all kind of helped each other because I think that is very we we need to take care of each other yeah everybody else will take 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 and we'll give because by nature creators are giving people because we're always looking at things and thinking I can fix that that's so easy oh my gosh this is you should do it like this and yeah like you can't let people take the piss (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I think the first step is to to know and understand the value of your own work because mm-hmm. only once you realize the value of what you have to offer mm-hmm. can you start pricing and and selling yourself in a way that's fair to you and the client. Yeah. Um how do you how do you keep motivated? How do you keep your work fresh? Um I think it helps that I'm naturally curious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, annoying me so sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> my, my friends and boyfriend um, get annoyed with me for asking too many questions and being too nosy, <laughs> which is fair. But I think it serves me well in my work. Um, I think that curiosity like pushes me to always seek out new things and learn new things and try new things. Mm-hmm. So I must say for me that comes fairly easily because quite frankly I get bored quite easily mm-hmm. but just to keep my own short attention span yeah. happy I have to always look for new novel things to try and change things up and evolve, evolve. right yeah it's true yeah. yeah yeah just look at the world and don't don't just see the the what what you know go deeper into it if you see a bush as weird as it sounds find out if there's like a bees ne- nest in there exactly Why not? Why not? you might get something <laughs> yolo um uh, are you a music lover uh not really <laughs> wait what you know, like that's such an unpopular opinion to have but I'm just, I'm not super into music. Like I like, I love dancing. 
Right. And before lockdown, I used to go to this Monday night dance class in my area um, where we used to dance five rhythms. I don't know if you know that. I call it hippie dancing. So it's kind of where you go music and the music's amazing. It changes through these different rhythms. Okay. So from flow to staccato to chaos to um, lyrical to stillness. All right. So as the music change, you change the way you dance, but it's completely unchoreographed. You just do whatever you feel like doing. Okay. So I like music in that way. I love listening to music and dancing. Like even in the evenings, my boyfriend and I would put on music and dance around the house like nutters. Yeah. Um, and like when we're chatting, we will always have music on in the background. But I'm not super into music that I have like favorite artists or bands because for me it's either sort of dancing or background music. Um, when it comes to more intentional listening, which I do while I'm illustrating, I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Not really music. Nice. Okay. Right. So what's your favorite podcast? I know you said you like true crime, um, listening to true crime. So what's your favorite true crime based podcast? Yes, I love my favorite murder. Oh, I've heard of that one. Oh, haven't you? Oh, it's quite big. It's really good. It's these two yeah. women who are comedians. Um, yeah. yeah, you'll love it. They're super down to earth. Um, they're two friends and it's very like chatty and funny. And then basically they take turns to tell each other a true crime story. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're sort of like open. Like they also talk about mental health and what's yeah. going on in their lives. And mm-hmm. very cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll look for that one. Yeah, that's a really good one. And then recently, I also got into sort of more horror supernatural podcasts. Oh, you're a brave soldier. (laughs) (laughs) You're a brave one. No. (laughs) I know, and it scares me, but I still listen to it. And then every now and then, like, I get nightmares and I get... (laughs) And then I like, you know, I feel so sorry for myself. And then my boyfriend kind of rolls his eyes at me and he's like, well, what do you expect? Like, you <laughs> listen to <a> horror podcast. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Oh, Lord, yeah. Yeah, oh. so like you kind of have to balance those out with, with other more sort of uplifting ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember one time I was listening to um, Serial Killers. And I can't remember which um, serial killer they were talking about. I think it was the Boston Strangler or something like that. So oh, it yeah. wasn't even like a terrifying like OMG. But I forgot to lock the door. <laughs> and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was panicking. Like straight up sweating like a storm. And I thought like this person was going to come into my house. This is dead for long I think by now. I don't need to know. But in my head I literally thought oh my god he's going to come into my house. He, he was in Boston, Greta. Like, come on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you listening to horror ones? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Look, there's not a lot. Wake up in the middle of the night, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> there's really no logic to it, but yeah, no. my brain is an amazing tool. Um, what's the one good bit of advice, non-creative or creative, that you've received that you've kind of used throughout your life? ever since receiving it and what would you tell your younger self now um the one piece of advice that's kind of stuck with me is when i just my very first job in advertising um my creative director said to me trust the eye the eye don't lie 
and that's really stuck with me maybe because it rhymes mm-hmm. <laughs> um but also i think because it's so true i think the most important thing about being a creative is having a good eye and training your eye and then trusting yourself um because then if you have a sense of works and what doesn't visually mm-hmm. you know you can apply that to anything whether it's like making ceramics or illustrating something or painting something or planting mm-hmm. a garden um so it's all about training your eye and starting to learn what works and what doesn't work mm-hmm. and then trusting that mm-hmm. and i think tying into that the advice i would give my younger self is to be more confident i think when i was young i really lacked creative confidence mm-hmm. and i kind of felt like there was some magical formula that i need to stumble on and you know get it right and it doesn't work like that um and being timid and being fearful actually really trips you up when it comes to creative work mm-hmm. and become your own obstacle um so my advice would be to to be brave and to just try a lot of different things and see what works and if stuff doesn't work don't take it personally and don't mm-hmm. feel like oh i'm not talented i can't do this mm-hmm. if something doesn't work maybe you're not at the end of the process maybe mm-hmm. you're just halfway through the process and you need to keep going yeah or maybe that thing doesn't work but something else will mm-hmm. and maybe in that thing that doesn't work there's some little seed of potential that you can transplant onto some other idea and grow there mhm mhm Yeah, so be brave and be open and just try things and don't hold yourself back. Yeah. Yeah. Um would you rather be a gold medal art um medalist or would you be an astronaut? Definitely a gold medalist. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh pooping with our gravity just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Yeah. I definitely don't want to go into space and deal with um oh it just sounds awful to me. I mean the idea of it sounds quite romantic like looking back at the blue dot that is earth. Yeah. But the reality of it sounds terrible. Yeah. Whereas I imagine if I were a gold medalist I'll get to travel the world. Yeah. Travel restrictions. <laughs> Everything. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and is it is, is the world even a blue dot? One wonders, do we think it's blue because we've been told it's blue? See, there we go, conspiracy theory things. That yeah, that's me. Like an, if you're an astronaut, you can verify that. You can verify it. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah. I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> um, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would you have your dinner with? Um... I really love Nora Ephron. Um she's a writer. She wrote Sleepless in Seattle and mm. my favorite movie When Harry Met Sally and some books. Yeah, and I just I love her sense of humor and I love the way of being in the world. She's like a very well she's passed away now. She yeah. um she's no longer with us, but um yeah, she was very empowering and strong and I really enjoy her writing and a great sense of humor. Mhm. I'd love to have dinner with her. Mhm. And then the other person is Tara Brach. She's a psychologist and a meditation teacher who I really love. Mhm. One of the podcasts I also listen to. Yeah. 
um, when I need to be soothed after listening to all my true crime and horror podcasts. <laughs> and she's just she's very wise and she's got the most calming voice and she just talks about meditation and mindfulness and um, yeah, and I, I love her podcast, so I'd love to meet her in person. Mm-hmm. And then the third person, I'd probably invite a friend. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> because I think it'll be a bit awkward, maybe, having dinner <laughs> I look up to, but I've never met and don't know. Exactly. And, and yeah, I think it'll be a, a more... Also, like, if you have this am- amazing experience, um, it'll be nice to have someone to chat about it afterwards. I yeah. think I'll be the third person, a friend. Nice. Selfless. You're the first person I've asked that and who's actually been selfless enough to say, I'll invite your friend. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> you set the bar. You set the bar. You really have. <laughs> but it kind of came from a selfish place though, because I was thinking <laughs> I would feel more comfortable. I would enjoy it more. Yeah. And afterwards, I, I can talk about it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Be like, rather than just like you know constantly telling people, and then it becomes one of those like situations like, oh, okay, we get it. Exactly. You know with these amazing people. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um what's next for you uh, and what's the message that you would like the viewer who looks at your work to get when it's all said and done um, sure what's next for me I feel at the moment I just I started up so many projects and then I just got into a place where I could see what was working and what wasn't mm-hmm. and I'm going to kind of you know, structure things and, and make things run a bit more smoothly. And then COVID happened and lockdown happened mm-hmm. and I had to push everything up. Um, so for me, what's next is I kind of just want to get into a place where I feel like I've got a handle on all my ongoing projects mm-hmm. um, and just kind of get all of that running smoothly before I start anything new. So that's mm-hmm. very boring, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> And then in terms of the message I would like people to get out of my art, mm-hmm. I would like people when they read my post and look at my art and come to my classes, what I'd like them to leave with is this feeling, you know, they're all struggling and people might look from the outside that they've got it all sorted. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we all struggle in some areas. Mm-hmm. And we all have moments where we don't feel confident or where we make mistakes and we don't produce something amazing and that's okay mm-hmm. I'd, like, I'd like to to kind of spread this message that you know you don't have to be perfect all the time and it's okay to struggle it's okay to create something ugly it's okay to do things that don't work mm-hmm. and all those things are just part of the human experience and part of the process mm-hmm. um, and to to also like enjoy it yeah like, it was people come to my workshops people get all like angsty like you know all like wrapped up in anxiety and thinking that they need to create something good and it's like no like you're here to have fun as well <laughs> like you need to enjoy the process yeah yeah nice um thank you karen for joining me today i've, I've really enjoyed this it's been been really really beautiful 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's um, really cool to be on a podcast for a change. Like I said, I listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I think my friends get so annoyed with me because I start most of most of my conversations. I start with, I was listening to this podcast the other day. It's nice to be on a podcast for once and not just listening to one. That's very exciting. To no, thank you. Honestly, like um, it, it's, it's a nice, I'm really grateful. And it's a nice feeling to just listen to somebody's journey and thank you for sharing that um before you go could you just let the people know where to find you um how to find you sure so i've got a website my website is karenfamulan.com and for the non-south africans that can be quite hard to wrap your head around so it's k v e r m e u l e n karenfamulan.com and then I'm also on Instagram as Karen underscore Vermeulen underscore illustration. And on Facebook, you can just search my name and I'm on there as well. Nice. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of the day and a good rest of your week. And yeah, stay blessed. You too. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Please follow us on Instagram at Masabanda Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the show.